Hi, my name is Michael Poli, and I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My friends are obsessed and always make jokes and references to it. And so now, 20 years later, I've been convinced to watch the show from beginning to end, one episode a week. I'm a Buffy virgin. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9, The Wish, of uh, episode of Buffy Virgin. Uh, I'm going to be your host this evening, Dennis St. John. Uh, with us, as always, is the Virgin, Michael Poli. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I'm sorry for the slightly echoey audio. I've moved to a different recording area. I will fix this as soon as I can. But Why are you recording in a cave, Mike? I just had to move my office around to satisfy everyone in the house. It happens. And we also have John, who just, inter- who just asked the question. Hi, I'm John. Sorry. <laughs> and Travis. Hello. The doctor. Um, and we also... So we have a special guest question. today, uh, Paige Braddock, who is an extraordinary cartoonist. Um, we did an interview with her, and we're going to air that about mid-episode. She wanted to join us for the full episode, but uh, she had to travel. Um, so let's get started, as we always do, with uh, the summary. After the hormonal horrors of Lover's Walk, the Scooby Gang is reduced down to the season one core cast of Buffy, Xander, and Willow. But the gang that slays together stays together. Cordelia, on the other hand, is having a harder time. Despite buying a new car to match her red pleather dress, the first day back in school is rough. Harmony is causing harm, bullying both her and Jonathan. Jocks are being gross together, but she's keeping it all stitched together with the help of her new friend Anya. Anya seems nice, very fashionable, uh, but mostly bored, unless Cordelia is talking about Xander for some reason. Anya's always trying to prompt Cordy to make a wish. She must think Cordy's a charity case. Oh boy, when Cordelia does make that wish, the shit hits the fan. The wish that Buffy Summers never came to Sunnydale seems swell at first. Sure, there's a lot less students, and the hallways are filled with cloves of garlic for some, and crosses for some reason, but Cordelia is Queen C again, Queen C again so it's all good. Except it's not. Without Buffy, Xander and Willow have gone full-blown S&M vamps. In fact, the entire town is like something out of a Vincent Price movie. Cordelia is saved by Giles and the rest of his new gang of high school heroes, Oz, Larry, and a new girl. Oh yeah, then Cordelia gets unsaved, eaten by Xander and Willow, both kinky and sad. Turns out, without Buffy... There to stop the harvest, back in season one, the master arose, and now he not only owns this town, but he's starting a factory. A human factory. Giles, still being a watcher at heart, puts enough of this together to call Buffy into town from the mistake by the lake, Cleveland. This isn't the Buffy we all know and love. Just look at her. She has a scar. She doesn't play well with others, and is off to do some damage at the bronze. Everything comes to a head as Tony Head calls the demon form of Anya to undo the new world, while Buffy and a pathetic angel confront the master and his goons at the factory. In the end, everyone fights, and everyone we all know dies. Friends take friends, broken hearts go poof, and a neck gets snapped. But don't worry, Giles finds the factory reset button, and this whole episode never happened. The end. All right, uh, now we are going to move on to uh, Great Lines. Uh, Mike, I think you got the first bit up here. Man, I just love this Oz breakup. I felt like it was instructional, like how to break up with somebody or when you've been broken up with. 
I'm sorry you're having a hard time with this, but I told you what I need. So I can't help you feeling like the reason you want to talk is so that you can feel better about yourself. And that's not my problem. Boom. That was so, so good. I was like, yeah. man, no high schooler has ever been like that aware of their own feelings and of their, of the situation that's going on. Oh like, yeah, totally. Uh, that's because he's a fifth year. He's in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 18 year old Oz has way more emotional maturity than 35 year old me. That is yeah, totally, that's a lot of self-awareness. What a guy, what a guy that Oz. Dude, yep. when you start working at rallies at like 16, <laughs> you start learning life lessons. I, I feel like if this was the first episode of Buffy I'd seen, I would be blown away by the, the depth of some of these characters. This would be such an insane episode. There'd Are be you, no way of, what's going on are you saying this is what this is what people should start watching buffy on because yeah, this, this is like your first episode the one the one in the inverted world no shit that would be awesome man i uh, love this episode. then you got another one mike oh this is actually a stupid throwaway line that i i was bothered by <laughs> so when xander's in the bronze he passes a guy on a pool table after touching someone on the pool table like a man and then he says slap my hand good soul man and like this is a Xander vampire trying to be cool, and he's not cool <laughs> even as a vampire. That's the weird thing is that he's supposed to be, right? But maybe it's like how much we know about Xander or something. But yeah. I, I, I think like Willow's so dark Willow, evil Willow is so good. And like Xander vampire is like struggling to be as cool as she is. Oh, totally. Like he's yeah. not as cool. Anyway, that relationship isn't going to last. Uh, all right, I have the next couple. Um, I really like this exchange when Giles gets locked in a cage. You're in a big cage. Not too smart, book guy. <laughs> like, good ones. <laughs> well, I mean, it is important to call out the ridiculousness of the book cage again. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, the character Nancy, who is new to the series, but is part of the White Hats, uh, when talking about poor dead Cordelia is like, everybody knows vampires are attracted to bright colors. <laughs> is that true? A new vampire rule uh, that had not been established, but it is. Do like, you think um, that's true in the mainstream universe? Like, or do you think that's just like an urban legend? I in think the, it's an urban legend in the dark universe, but yeah, she is the only one where in the high school, she's the only one wearing bright colors. Everybody else is dressed green. in like, green yeah, and brown. like military grades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Travis, you got the next one. Uh, Buffy and Giles are talking, and Giles is saying a bunch of facts. And Buffy's like, okay, Jeeves. And he goes, it's Giles. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an, a great Jeeves joke, which is just crazy. Uh, and then, John, you want to end us off? Bored now. <laughs> That's uh, what right. the listeners say. Classic. <laughs> Yes, that is what the listeners say to us, yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, weird noticings and trivia. Uh, I have the first one where I say that Cthulhu-looking demon in the beginning is amazing. Um, and it is, and it's just, it's one of those things. And it's barely in there. He's barely, barely like, there. it's like three shots. <laughs> they did a lot of work on this great-looking monster that is not the monster of the episode. It's just this, like, one throwaway monster. And it's like, it looks a lot better than some of the like full episode monsters. Oh, definitely. Like, this I is wonder... season three's Moloch the Corruptor, yeah. like without a doubt. Like, I just wonder if, uh, what's his name? John Volich is the effects guy, right? If he just was like, 
working really hard on that one that didn't, he didn't have a script for it. He was just like, I got this awesome idea. And they're like, all right, we'll use it for this. And he's like, God damn it. Maybe it's something they made for like a pilot that never got finished. Or like, maybe there's some reason they had it like in the monster closet. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be a good follow-up. Cause I, I bet there's like, you know, monster guys, no monster guys. And I'm sure it's like, they're hanging out. And they're like, like in each other's effects warehouses. Like, hey, what about that thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing that John Volich built this one because he's like the head effects guy, and this one is just so good. But yeah, I'd like to know why it. <laughs> are, you, are you are you saying John Volich knows a guy who knows a monster who knows a monster guy, <laughs> <laughs> a monster designer? Uh, he knows a beast who knows a guy. Yeah, that's it. Besides <laughs> monsters. Um. John, you say uh, Xander's still the worst. I mean, this barely is worth even saying. It's barely worth bringing up. But Xander is calling his ex 70 times. I mean, that might be like hyperbole to some extent. But we know he left at least like four messages because we hear them. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that is not acceptable post-breakup behavior. Yeah, Uh, no, I feel like this whole episode in the regular verse, he's pretty awful with his like, I'm not going to feel guilty about this and I'm going to keep touching Willow. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's a creep. I mean, Xander, I mean, we know Xander's a creep. It's not like it's not front page news. We can really move on. We don't have to say much, but like, I just want to, you know, rubber stamp Xander's a creep again on this episode. Well, how many times is it appropriate to call after you've been broken up with, right? I mean, I think, or you know, she said stay sorry, away from me. Up with, yeah. That's she said stay away from me. Yeah. And I feel like he, <laughs> like the thing is he's like, Okay, so you said stay away from me. Really long stay part. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, okay, so she's in her hospital. She's emotional. She's upset. I can understand leaving one message, and then leave it at that. I feel like that's that's what's acceptable. Doing the thing of not accepting the breakup, right? Like not. Yeah. Exactly. Not. I mean, to be fair, I did this in high school when I was dumped in high school on instant messenger. I I I like wouldn't let it go, Uh, and like. did a little bit of annoying that person i think but it was mostly on instant messenger and i don't think it was the same i don't think it was that quite that bad did you know aol instant messenger no longer exists i did i said just yeah as of like just now there is yeah. no more instant messenger who knew it's, yeah I, it's a bummer actually i have a uh, uh my friend from college her claim to fame was that on aol instant messenger she was the poet Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, that that's an excellent. <laughs> that's claim coming to fame. in early to AOL. To yeah, that's pretty good. Able to be the poet. Uh, all right, Mike, uh, you got the next. Yeah, so same scene. You know when Xander is leaving all the messages. There's this great bit where Cordelia's cutting up photos, burning them, and not returning messages, and just feels like the delete Facebook lawyer up hit the gym of its time. This whole episode, you know. Uh, yeah. And I love that because like that felt so anachronistic, you know, but it was. It's also, it was I didn't realize it until later on, but that's like how she called Anya, right? Is like, this is like the accidental spell of burning photos, right? Yeah, so, I was wondering that too. You, that's how you're reading it too? I was, yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Because it's so similar to how Giles purposely calls her, right? Right. Okay. But it's like, this is how you accidentally get an Anya. Well, how did I mean, Giles that's what I do What's Giles ritual? He like <laughs> uh, burns some sage and is like, on behalf of all scorned women, I call ye. Uh, all right. Um, oh, I have the next one. I say uh, Amy gets name dropped by Willow. Uh, we haven't seen her, her in a while. 
Um, just thought it'd be worth mentioning that Amy the Witch gets brought up. Um, and this is uh, from our Twitter. According to at Ren in Oz, who's uh, Renee Monroe Pope, I think. Uh, Cordelia's injury is based on a real life injury that Charisma Carpenter had in childhood. That's terrifying. Yeah. Didn't Travis say that injury is like definitely fatal in the la- in our last podcast? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, it's not the exact same injury. She has a scar from a childhood injury, but for her as a child, I don't think she had a, a rebarb through her abdomen. But I don't. I don't know. But she did have an accident, and uh, someone. Silver Spike, who left a comment on the YouTube video, also brought that up too. So, huh. okay, so this is apparently con- like common knowledge yeah. for yeah. Buffy fans. That not to me. That's well, we need to get to me. you know that issue of Playboy that Chris McCarpenter's in to investigate further. I, about I don't have that issue anymore, but I used to. <laughs> uh, I'm only interested in it for the scars for medical reasons. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm 100 sure that they uh, airbrushed the scars out. That's how they would do that. That doesn't sound like an adult men's magazine. They don't airbrush. Uh, I also say Anya's quote-unquote dad, uh, Body Utility? Is he playing Monopoly? What's he going to buy next, the railroad? I am positive that Sunnydale has a railroad because Sunnydale has one of everything. Yeah, they definitely have a railroad. How do you they have th- one cinema, one Starbucks, one bronze. <laughs> one, utility, one bronze. One, bronze. <laughs> one no. museum, one zoo, one <laughs> There'd be a really fun Monopoly version of Buffy where there's like 20 cemeteries. And I'm not sure what the most common property, 14. I don't remember what the most common property is on regular Monopoly, but you could just replace it with a cemetery. Oh, just all of the regular like houses, right? Yeah. All of those little... Also, like it's all alleys to get places. So, like you roll, yeah, but then you can't just Monopoly Buffy. To, like, I'm sure there is a Buffy Monopoly, right? Well, Monopoly is in the public domain, so you can make your own Buffy Monopoly is it? if you want. Yes, it'd be so cool. Buffy is not in the public domain, though, so that might be harder. <laughs> uh, John, you express the feelings we all feel. Yeah, poor Jonathan. I know. I that's awful. It's not only like mean to Cordelia, but it's it's way meaner to Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> Fuck you, Harmony. You know, but also, like, like, I feel like having a moped is not uncool. <laughs> I think having a moped's pretty cool. John, you would say. I mean, just that. like also, he's drinking that big, that really yeah. big, big gulp. Drinking like, a big gulp is uncool. But he's I like, think... he, you know, he's feels awkward. But he, it's it's just like he's bullied so much. This doesn't even really upset him. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make him sweat. Jonathan is the king of the like silent reaction shot in this yeah. show. Like, <laughs> Jonathan's so amazing. Someday we have to talk about the real life actor, Jonathan. I think we, we have. have. We have. We've well, done this. We know. We talk about his latest work. Anyways, uh, I'm just sad we didn't see. You it. want to do like a behind the music? Is like, <laughs> this I show want to talk about Gilmore Girls? That's what's going on. <laughs> we have this show loves to cut, to cut to Jonathan as a joke, though, and this oh, is yeah. a funny. But they play it so sad and pathetic. Like it could be funny, and then they have this sad fucking music come in, and they cut to Jonathan. Yeah, I just I'm just sad we didn't get to see an alternate reality Jonathan. Oh, uh, seriously? He yeah. definitely died. <laughs> you don't think Jonathan wasn't even cool enough to turn into a vampire? He just got eaten. Yeah. See, my, my hope was that, that that woman who was with the White Hats was Teresa, that chick who gets murdered by Angel, but I guess it wasn't. It's it's Nancy. It's Nancy, the car Nancy. I was like, man, I hope this is Teresa, but it's not. Who's No, that? I like that Nancy just is not I looked at this I look into yeah. this. There is no Nancy in the in the regular universe, so she's only in the alternate universe as far as we cool. know. 
pronounced. Yeah. yeah. I like that group. I like what, like, yeah. you would have thought these are the people who come together. Very awesome. Uh, yeah. Like, John, you say uh, Cordelia's makeout illusion. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, so Cordelia does this amazing thing where she, like, she wants to uh, make Xander jealous. So she pretends to make out with this guy, John Lee, by, like, <laughs> saying, oh, is there something in my teeth? And by looking at her, it like kind of looks like they're making out, but only from like one very specific ang- angle. It's exactly like some David Blaine close-up magic shit. Like, it's like, <laughs> this would look amazing if, you, if I really coordinate it, that you're standing at this exact spot and I'm standing just here. It'll look like we're making out just barely. Yeah, C- no, that's Cordelia. some real David Blaine level shit. She is a genius, except for <laughs> her ability to pick up on why an alternate universe would be bad. <laughs> Also, John Lee is like thirty. A super in high taster. And <laughs> uh, John just made a TMBG reference uh, to everybody in the audience who's not a TMBG fan. Uh, uh, Mike, you say? Oh yeah. So before it's revealed that Anya is the weird wish monster, there's this vibe that she maybe wants to hook up with Cordelia. Be just the way that thing is set up and so it just felt like maybe that was what's going to happen like she wanted to be her girlfriend because she wants her to talk wants Anya wants Cordelia to talk bad about all the guys mm. you know like oh yeah tell me more you know yeah I haven't checked but I guarantee that's a thing yeah in, in the fan fiction community I, I guarantee there's Anya slash Cordelia I have no problem but of course that. the show's going a different direction than that but like watching it I was like, oh, maybe this is what will happen. But uh, it went because it I, might happen. <laughs> I feel like I've just I've watched this episode so many times that didn't occur to me. But what does what do I do notice is like as soon as Cordelia stops talking about Xander, how bored Anya is for like the rest of the scenes. She's just like, ah, can we just get to the wishing part? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny uh, on repeat watchings of this, watching her try really try to hard to, to trap her into the wish in scenes when you don't yet, you're not yet supposed to know that that's what's happening. Yeah. That's uh, well done. Uh, John, you got the next one about El Convertitablo. Uh, yeah, this is like super shitty thing for her to say because we've got Sunnydale, which is in Southern California yet is, you know, all white somehow. Uh, the, he, she talks to who I assume is like uh, an ethnically Hispanic guy who's like the, the custodian at the school. And when he doesn't seem to know what she's talking about, her immediate thing is to revert to some kind of shitty Spanglish and be like, El Convertablo. I, I didn't get that joke the first four times that I watched the episode. And then I watched it, I was like, oh, she's being racist. <laughs> that makes me like, cause I'm really on Cordelia's side for like this entire episode, except for that moment. And I'm like, wow, fuck you, Cordelia. <laughs> God. Yeah, wow, I didn't catch that. Not yeah. the most woke person, I guess. Yeah, not yeah, definitely good. not. Not good, yeah. Uh, so by this time, we are in in the dark universe, or whatever we want to call it. Uh, so the immediate little details of the Switch that I liked were, um, like, the hallways are empty. I mentioned this on my summary. Like the hallways are empty. There's all this garlic and crosses on the walls. And when John Lee asks her out, he asks her to the winter brunch. <laughs> That's great. The brunch is great, yeah. Because you can't go out at night. <laughs> can't be dances. You got to have brunches. <laughs> I mean, I think high school would have been way better if we had brunches instead of dances. That would have been awesome. Oh, that would be so cool. That, and it's it's worth it as far as I'm concerned. I also like, (laughs) just like, 
what it takes to like wreck the normal of Sunnydale that they're like we're still gonna have school we're still gonna have like winter formals uh like even though like the master has arose and like the town's been destroyed like <laughs> like we're we're still Sunnydale we're Sunnydale strong we keep going yeah they haven't relocated the school or the kids they're yeah, still they gonna made, hang out they've made some rules like no cars which uh, appear to be as dangerous as <laughs> having cars. Yeah, I didn't understand why the no cars rule. But I was thinking about that. Like, if the everything was more dangerous and you need to get home before sundown, surely that's more of a reason to have a car. Why no cars? I bet the busing system is just a lot more strict. And Cordy yeah. just didn't pick up on that. Okay. Uh, but they wouldn't trust the kids to, like, not stay out late with their cars, right? I guess it is, so. It is lovely that Cordelia doesn't, like, how she finds out the rules of the new world. Like, everyone's shocked by her actions. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. I, I love that there's good. monthly memorial services are, like, mentioned in their first class. And she's like, go to the bronze. And everyone's like, what? No. I also, Except like, she that... knows she's in an alternate world, and she's not bothered by it at all. She's just like, huh. all right, this is great. This is what I wish for, because I'm the boss now. Like... The problem is, though, regular Sunnydale High School needs memorial, like monthly memorial services. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not that different. This uh, is my problem. This is my problem with this whole episode. I'll get into it later. My, my, let me say my problem is that, sure, they're living in a town overrun by vampires, but they're not, there's no homeschooling, which would defeat all the vampire attacks. There's, yes. They're still hanging out in the library. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Totally. Why are you? I thought that too. Why are you still hanging out in the library after dark? God damn it. None of this makes any sense. Just go home. Your home is a magical fortress. Like, just go home. Home is, yeah, it's crazy. There's quite a few broken things. I can't wait till we talk about all the broken things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, uh, Cordelia walks around and she meets uh, Dark Xander and Dark Willow, the kinky weirdos. We always knew they were. And in their vamp form, they're the Spike and Drew of Dark Sunnydale. Oh, nice. Totally. Except, like, Spike Spike's and Drew are both cool, cool, but, like, Vamp Xander and Vamp Willow, only one of them's cool. <laughs> and then they've got a clear hanger on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he tries. Xander's pretty cool. Um, I feel like it's really hard to, like, get over the hang-ups of it being Xander, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> like, basically, he makes... He, you know, like, because physically Nick Brendan at this time is, like, in shape and stuff. Yep. Like, he could play this part. It's just not working, but... Yeah. They didn't give him as much things to do yeah. as they did for Willow, I feel like, is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he has enough direction for this dark version of his character, because it's still Xander. It's just, just an evil Xander. <laughs> yeah, and he's mostly into Willow, and Willow's just mostly into fucking shit up and being a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Like, and torturing angel and shit um wow we are getting like a rated r podcast this episode <laughs> just all this language xander just needs more business i agree he needs like he like he doesn't he's not as interested in torturing angel he's just not as interested in eating people like all that falls yeah. to willow which is great it's a great inversion of her character but yeah you're right he needs more business yeah and even some of his best lines are responding to willow where she's like i love that part and he's like you love all the parts yeah that line doesn't make a ton of sense i think it's that she not only drinks people but she eats them well right no that part works but like the other side of the pun doesn't work because like she like the whole parts. conversation she doesn't like all the parts 
she's bored with some of the parts. Like it, it's a one-sided pun. It bothers me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Pun right. police. Not everything has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not perfect, Mike. Oh yeah, uh, the White Hats is a pretty lame gang name. Uh, can we talk about the White Hats for a second? It's yeah. not clear they call themselves that. Only yeah. Xander calls them that. Okay. And Good I think point. that's, it's like a Western reference, right? So right. it's weird vamp Xander watches Westerns. Right. So like the good guy wears the white hat. Uh, but yeah, I just think that the crew is interesting. I like Larry and Oz. Um, like it's cool to see Larry do more stuff. Do you think, I, I have a question. Do you think um, that Larry is out of the closet in the, uh, in the alternate universe? And do you think that Oz is still a werewolf in the alternate universe? Uh, I think Larry's out of the closet because I think he's faced so much life and death stuff right now. Right. That, that shit doesn't matter at all. Like, I like that. I like, like that. The idea that there's like, oh, I got to hide it to not be embarrassed for the football team or something won't matter to him. Uh, I don't think Oz is a werewolf. I think that's a good point. Well, what are the rules to the alternate universe? I mean, I never came to town. Is Buffy never came to town, which is has sort of like a, a butterfly effect situation right i mean there's like oh, yeah. un- unpredictable consequences of that that may not like it's possible that oz just didn't get bitten by his cousin because yeah just well because the vampire harvest happened season one he doesn't become a vampire uh, werewolf until season two so right like he's probably just not visiting his family as much entirely possible his family's entirely dead yeah well, on the other hand, maybe that's why he's a white hat is because he has like werewolf powers, like, you know, at least one night out of the month or whatever it is, three, three nights out of the month. I thought he was a white hat because he had a van. <laughs> <laughs> also because he's a solid good guy. We just like, Oz is a good guy. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I thought, that he would end up on the good side of things. Yeah, which is Finding yeah interesting, you know, who, like, Oz, given without Buffy, still ends up a good guy. Without Buffy, Willow and Xander end up evil. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, without Buffy, Willow and Xander die, and then, you know, probably. Yeah. But the real, like, the real puzzle of, like, why is Giles still in Sunnydale? It's like, in this Wish universe, everything was set up for Buffy to come to Sunnydale, but then she right. moved to Cleveland instead. Right. Because, so, like, they're, like... Angel and Giles should have both been in Cleveland also, right? If they were like, <laughs> but also we don't know how the Watchers Council works. Apparently they just like drop Watchers in random locations and they're like, maybe the Slayer is coming to your town. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I guess I, I, guess I can bring it up because I'm like, where, where's Darla? And uh, so Darla was missing from this episode. Yeah, and, I was going to bring that up in questions. Okay, um, never mind. Let's I actually have a theory about it. Well, okay. Yeah, oh. There's so many weird questions like, how does Angel know about Buffy? How did they interact if she never came to Sunnydale? Because I think all the Whistler shit still happened. Yeah. Oh, he still stalked her? Because she went. Yes. Because that was when she went to a different school when he was stalking her? Yeah. It was pre wish. Yeah. But they had no engagement. How would she know who the fuck he is? (laughs) Well, exactly. She doesn't. She doesn't. He knows who she is because all the Whistler stuff happened, but it just didn't. They didn't quite connect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Angel looked like he couldn't go one round with the fruit fly this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so good. Uh, so I say uh, Cordelia being the meat in a Xander Willow murder sandwich has got to be the worst way for her to die. Just given this whole episode is about her hating Xander and, like, especially hating the Xander Willow hookup. 
that she dies like in this kinky sandwich with him. Uh, it looks like we've lost John. All right, he'll be back. There's something with there his video. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's such a it's such a sad way for her to die. Also, can you? This was the most shocking thing watching this show because you how can you die in your alternate universe? It felt like oh no, this is just the universe now. Like <laughs> I know the show is going to find a way to reverse it, but it felt like everything got exponentially more complicated. Yeah, how yeah. Could be reversed. Yeah, if, no, it's yeah, like Marty McFly for, dies in, in Act Two, <laughs> and then everybody else figures out how to like save his parents without him, or like yeah. make them kiss without him being around. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great because she's supposed to be the POV character if it's like following her universe, yeah. and then to just murder her. That's and a great move. It's surprising. Every, like everybody else who dies this episode is the alternate versions of their character. Cordelia right. is just herself. So yeah, so she experienced death in an alternate universe. So who is she in the real universe now? Like, it, I don't understand how that works. How uh, can, no, because it flashes back to the moment she makes the wish. And that's where the divergence happens. So my, my thought is maybe that the divergence, you go from a straight line to, a, to, a, to two lines, and that you can die in this alternate timeline you can just flip but if you go back to the branch point and exactly alive exactly at least presumably presumably and then this branch dies when the wish is reversed so that doesn't continue the alternate timeline right so no one is aware of the alternate timeline it just that's where we are now just that's what's frustrating i wish they were aware that's what's frustrating about this episode is that no one remembers it okay Uh, i don't need to make a prediction about it no one will remember this so the uh i didn't remember it the cool thing for me about like the the master being back is like we get to he's the master but he's not the master who's like trapped in the cage just giving or trapped in the church just like oh yeah he gets yeah. to actually interact and shit. We get to see like what a weirdo vampire he is. Um, like him drinking uh, blood from an espresso machine is such a weird, like this is a vampire who's so done with like hunting people and everything. And he's just like. It's more of a beer tap than an espresso machine. I, I have this like great thought about like uh, hipster vampires filling up growlers. Like, no, not, not in the factory. Oh, not in the factory. When, before oh, the with factory, the little cup. That's right. Yeah. He's got the little, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. I think that's him, like, maybe we'll make the factory into, like, a barista-type situation. (laughs) This is really just a me thing. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So, Mike, you've already asked that question. Um, uh, You ask, why are the vampires torturing Angel? Yeah, I don't... To me, it doesn't make sense why Angel is in a cage, except that we want to see where all the characters are up to in the alternate universe. Like, I don't get... Because a vampire with a soul is a weird thing for them, and it's a weird kinky thing for them because, like, it's another vampire, but he has a soul, so he's like cares when things happen. Yeah, so that's a fun. Okay. That's a fun person to torture. I'll get into my theory now because it uh, is. So I I ask why has the ma- master arisen, but the hellmouth hasn't opened? Um, right. And why are Darla and Lucas not around? So Those are I good th- questions. Yeah. I think what happens is that. The night of the harvest back in season one, Angel does do his Angel realizing Buffy's not around, does his best to defeat Lucas, man manages to kill Lucas and Darla before the Hellmouth arises, but not before he's drank enough Lucas has drank enough blood to free the master. So okay. that's why he's called a traitor. He's then captured by the rest of the vampires because he's not strong enough. Right. And that's why he's in the cage. 
And that's that makes why sense. we're in the situation now. So I, I buy all of my, that. That's my that, canon. That makes that I yeah. That's an excellent uh, explanation. You. I like it. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Very answered this other question. Um, oh, I just said uh, just to talk about the kinky uh, Willow torturing Angel. That's their weirdest dynamic yet. Willow and Angel always have a weird dynamic, whether it's like evil Angel or Angel having Willow like stalk a uh, boyfriend or whatever. Like, <laughs> they always have a weird time together. Willow has a weird time with everybody. Anybody she interacts with is a weird time. Yeah, really. <laughs> and I, I mean, like, and I, this is something I brought up on the show a few times. But every time I rewatch the show, it's like this is a surprisingly kinky show for like a high school show. The sheer amount of like S and M torture that goes into it. Uh, I don't know. They really are into that burning of Angel's skin. Yeah, the throwing lit matches thing is hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, John. You say, um, how was Anyanka planning to get her amulet back? So, okay, so I'm trying to understand how the wish works, right? Uh, so she's clearly, if you watch, go back and watch it, she's clearly trying to get Cordelia to make a wish before Cordelia is wearing the amulet. So it's not 100% clear that she has to wear it when she makes yeah, the wish. I don't but, think she does. I... But why does she, why, why on earth then would you give the powerful thing to her then? That doesn't make any sense. So I think, I think probably she does have to wear it because I don't, there's no other reason to give it to her. So she has to be wearing it when she makes the wish. And I think it's more like, I'm going to get you to make the wish so that you're in that frame of mind and then, then I'll give it to you and you make the wish again or something. And so she makes the wish with it on, but then and, she and, has to get it back at some point so she can repeat the cycle. Otherwise, there's no point. Well, I also think Anya didn't expect it to be like an alternate dimension. Well, that's fair enough. Right? Like if, if she had wished, if she had wished as she really should have that, Xander will never know the touch of a woman, right? <laughs> she would have to get it back, right? That and that and that that kind of makes sense, I guess. But like, she has to have been planning to get it back at some point, right? Yeah. Or it could be once the spell is fully completed or something, it disappears from her neck and like goes back to Anya in where whatever dimension Anya. Right. But as long but if she dies before it's completed, is that where things went off the rails for her? Yeah, or just Giles fucked it up. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. It's yeah, it's almost like this show doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is Anya's motivation? Right? She's a yes. Wish that's demon. a broader yeah. question. She's a, uh, she's a, her her motivation appears to be mis. That appears to be her motivation, which I'm fine with. Yeah, <laughs> mischief managed. Um. But why does this? Why, I mean, this is a fun episode, but why does this episode have to, I mean, why is it happening now? Well, because, because we have reasons to hate Xander. I mean, I guess that could be any time, but we have a, a specific reason for someone to hate Xander. <laughs> I don't know. This feels like a 90s TV thing where it's like, we have to make a ton of shows. This is another one of the 26 shows. Well, we you got to do an alternate true. universe show. This is a mirror, mirror episode. It's, just, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a trope, but it's, yeah. And it is one of those things though, where nowadays, if an episode, if a show is nine episodes long, you're not going to get to this kind of episode. Right. And that's kind of the hit and miss. I, 
thing of like episodic television versus like right completely story driven like move the plot constantly television and i mean this is the advantage of it is having an episode like this absolutely um, yeah we you wouldn't have like you know the oa episode where they go to another dimension right oh my god i would watch the shit out of that what would everybody, the alternate universe be i can't everybody imagine. dies all the time except them what the hell is <laughs> what's the way uh, it's a Netflix show that uh, Mike's really into, and so I started watching, and I enjoy. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's really good. Away. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to watch at least the first episode. Get to the second it's, episode. Uh, it it's all about weird... the, the Order of the Arrow, the um, Brotherhood of Honor Scouts. <laughs> yes. No, uh, it's Mike, not about that. <laughs> Mike, you say Buffy has a cool uh, slash on her face. Where'd she get it? Um, I think this is such a like. This is something we'll learn about Joss later on is that he really likes to like add a scar to a character to let us know, oh, they've been through something, right? This is also, it's Spock's beard. It's just like, it's yeah. a different universe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, a, it's an easy way to pass the time. I mean, I'm into it. It just identifies her immediately as some, uh, that she's a different Buffy. So that when she says funny things or when she talks differently, it, it you have a visual like reference, but right, this it makes sense when you hear her be weird. She's been through shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland tr- treated her rough. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Cleveland does not mess around. <laughs> Would you guys survive in Cleveland? I've lived in Pittsburgh, which is like Cleveland. <laughs> Only visited. Seems like a tough spot. I'd do okay. Sorry, I'm asking another question for the group, so that was my distraction there. Uh Oh, I say uh, Cordelia and Alt Buffy both call Anya a fairy, which is where they both came to that conclusion for how to describe her. Um, yes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, John, you say there is a grandfather paradox here. Because when they destroy the amulet, it is destroyed in the past. So, because uh, if you when, when uh, they cut, but when they cut back to. Uh, Cordelia making the wish again, she's not wearing the amulet, which suggests that the amulet is destroyed in the past, which means that she couldn't have made the wish that would have led to the amulet being destroyed. Hence, it's a grandfather paradox. They should have hired you as a consultant on this show, John. They really, <laughs> really messed up, messed up. And that's the entire uh, rest of the Buffy's show is just them being stuck in this terrible time loop trying to figure out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the oh, it's like that Star Trek: Next Generation episode where they have to like send a message to the next loop in Data's uh, positronic brain. Yes. Oh man, have you watched all of uh, Discovery? I have. Speaking of time loop episodes. Speaking of time loop episodes, yeah, I was like, I know this one. <laughs> you know, when so I host, there's it. a lot less Star Trek conversation. <laughs> you actually brought up a Star Trek last episode, Mike. Which? Oh, I, yeah, maybe you did. <laughs> it's a good thing I wasn't there. Uh, Mike, you say the factory is pretty inefficient. Yep, the factory. Like, there's a lot of hype about the factory. Like, oh, the factory's coming. Things gonna change when the factory. Like, and then we see the factory, and it's very scary looking. And the woman gets loaded into it after getting cattle prodded. And so it's like, it's like a meat factory is the thought. And then it's just this bar tap to get blood out of somebody, <laughs> like for one person to drink. I assume it's, that there's more. That that was just. One of many taps. One uh-huh. of, you know, that they're filling into a keg of some sort. But he does make a statement about freshness, 
which means that you have to be there. It like also, you have to physically be at the I factory. I was also thinking, you still have to hunt the humans to begin with, right? They haven't yeah. created a whole factory farming system with them. Yes, yet. I'd assumed they were going to create a way to like manufacture humans in some way and like breed them and oh use no the long-term plan is to breed the people in the cage that's horrifying isn't that uh what happens in that movie um what was that ethan hawk vampire movie with sam oh Lee? daybreakers yeah it's Daybreak. kind of like that but they don't really breed them which is why it doesn't work in uh, that movie they just sort of have them like that movie i very vaguely, vaguely remember it so i don't know if I can... that's really good i really like okay. that movie that'll be on the list then yeah, but the factory plan right like they load a human in one at a time they tr- then yeah. they drink their blood one at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not exactly the mass it, production now, he's talking about, all, yeah. Okay, so if, if it's a bar and the bronze is a bar and it's just like, oh, this is humans like tapping a keg, you know, we'll drink the blood until it's gone and then we'll load another human in from these cages. So it's not so much a factory, it's like a bar with a keg and they have a keg system they figured out. They're and working on it. Listen, it's it's uh, it's an alpha. It's uh, <laughs> not the way they're talking about it. They're like, this is the future. Well, I also think this is like this really reveals like there is something to me like vampires for some reason are dumber than humans, right? And when the master, yeah. like, humans with their plebeian minds have invented mass production, and it's like I've barely got a handle over this mass production. <laughs> Like when That's they hire Ethan Rain to manufacture chocolate, they are making so much chocolate. <laughs> boxes and boxes. When the master is in charge of a factory, he's consuming one human at a time. This is not a factory. It's a, he's made a kegerator, human yeah, human kegerator. Yeah. I also wonder if this is the this must be the, just the most well lit we've ever seen the factory if this is the same location as the factory that they've talked about before oh i got the impression maybe it was the bronze because like everybody's upset that she mentions the bronze earlier and they said that the master is in a is in a club an old They're, club they, they master lives in the bronze and everything. oh he lives in the bronze but and, this is but remember, in the factory buffy goes, okay. buffy goes to the bronze to kill everyone nobody's oh, okay there except for angel in his angel cage oh that's right okay all right so this is a separate location okay all right yeah it's a problem sense. this show has where they have a lot of interiors, but don't show a lot of exterior shots of places. Yeah. So we've never seen what the factory looks like. I mean, it's not a real problem. It's only a problem if you like analyze it too much because it doesn't get in the way of the story at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's a problem to me as a cartoonist who hates drawing establishing shots, but knows it's important to not confuse the audience. But yeah. John, you thought the factory was in the bronze. I did, but it didn't matter. <laughs> I often am confused about the castle cave place where Angel lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't really matter if he's I, in I a cave or a castle. I say it does from a storytelling, from like telling clear stories. You need to know where things are. God, I, feel, I wish, Dennis, you had time to draw exterior locations for, for these places in Buffy for Michael. <laughs> so like remember that would be, yeah it'd be like the factory and it just pops up on screen yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome uh all right um mike you say you got the final line in the weird noticing trivia oh sure so so many major characters get killed at the end xander gets killed willow gets killed by oz which is sad angel get hits gets hit by an arrow buffy gets her neck snapped i mean you talk about all this stuff in the summary but like 
it's within like a one minute, one and a half minute span of time, all these characters get killed off. And like, it's, it's really intense because as a viewer, I'm like, I know something bad's going to happen. And then you're just like, cool, this alternate timeline is getting wiped for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but it's still, it's still brutal to see like Oz stake Willow and like, yeah. Does Buffy stake Xander or I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah. He gets staked. No, it is, it is brutal and sad to see, but it's just, it's crazy. You know, like it's a lot of very emotional murders taking place very quickly uh anyway it's it's a it's a great scene it's, you know i wish every action scene had as much going on in it where so many major forces were at play oh yeah this was a crazy chaotic scene for me to um do the kill count because i decided to count like every time a vampire is eating a human in the background so I oh, did, or, like, like, yeah that's bodies. a lot i was like ah <laughs> there's just so much going on uh, so that's the end of weird noticing trivia uh before we move on to questions for the group uh we're going to play an interview uh, with uh, cartoonist Paige Braddock that I did this week. Hi, Paige. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hello. Uh, so, first question, um, when did you get into Buffy? Oh, man. I think I was a Buffy fan from day one when the show started. Really? Partly because I love vampires, but I especially love humorous vampires. Yeah, vampires with a sense of humor. Yeah. Cool. So you're an OG Buffy fan. What does that mean? What's OG? Original gangster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> totally. All right. Uh, what are your favorite lines from this episode? Well, my absolute favorite line from this episode is that it's sort of, a, I mean, there's a bunch of really good ones, but at the end, uh, when um, poor, poor Angel has been finally released from his puppy cage, and they're about to storm the big factory, and he goes, what's your plan? And Buffy says, don't fall on this, and she holds a wooden stake up to him. That's great. <laughs> That's a good line. Alt-Buffy is pretty mean. <laughs> yeah, what's with the scar across her lip? I want to know how that happened. I don't know. I also think, like, um, that's like a Joss Whedon thing of, like, we want to show this character's been through a lot. Give him a scar. Right? <laughs> Could be it. <laughs> Uh, how long do you think you could survive in the dark timeline? About four minutes. <laughs> would you be a vampire chow? Uh, I think so. I really like plaid, and I'm thinking bright colors would get me killed. That's right. This episode brings up an entirely new vampire rule, that right. they're attracted to bright colors. Who knew that? Shiny <laughs> things and bright colors. Do you think you'd uh, get turned? Mm, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Just be feed. All right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, who's your favorite dark timeline character? Oh, definitely uh, Evil Willow. Yeah. Yeah, she's the best. <laughs> uh, what interests you about Dark Willow? <laughs> well, that mystery will be revealed later in the series. <laughs> mm. But for now, I'll just say I was just mesmerized by how how great uh, the actress was. I mean, she totally transforms into this evil character, and Willow is so sweet. She's like one of my favorite sweet characters and one of my favorite evil characters. Yeah. Here's something I wonder is, like, sweet Willow, good Willow is, like, smart. I don't see any real cleverness come from Dark Willow. Really? I don't know. Do you? Mm, Actually, no. Now that (laughs) that you mentioned it, no, I don't. I wonder why that is. Oh, maybe right. that maybe there's a trade-off like with intelligence and like moral integrity. I don't know. Maybe there's some like equilibrium thing. That yeah, maybe she's uh, 
gets rid of, rid of her inhibitions, and her inhibitions actually are part of why she thinks so much. Mm. So she's free from thought. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> I don't know. It's a theory. She's definitely not socially awkward. No. <laughs> She's very confident. <laughs> She's very confident in her leather <laughs> outfit. Yes. Uh, all right. If you were friends with Anya, friends, um, what would you wish for, and how would it turn against you? Well, I certainly wish would not wish that someone hadn't been born, because there's no way to anticipate all the ways that would manifest itself. Like, it would just be this ripple through everything, right? And so that's why they get so screwed in this mm-hmm. episode, right? Um, so I don't know what I would wish for, but I definitely wouldn't wish for that. <laughs> all right, have you I learned might, one might, lesson from this episode? I might wish to win the lottery or something like that. <laughs> something cheesy. Something, how could that go wrong? Right. right? All right. Um, so the reason you wanted to be on this episode has to do with your current Jane's World story. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so Jane's World, uh, I had this I had this, this scene. So what happens to me when my comic is I write myself into a corner, and then I have to feel some crazy, I have to figure out a crazy way to get out of it, right? And so I was reminded of this episode where Willow kind of gets duplicated, right? And there's a good version and a bad version because there's this, you know, tear in time and space, right? So I basically had that happen in Jane's world. And nice Jane ends up with evil Willow uh, in this alternative reality. And then her other, the other main character, Shell, is basically Furiosa. You know, she's got one fake metal arm. Furiosa from uh, Mad Max yes, Fury Road. Yes, So I was basically blending all my favorite <laughs> yeah, characters. Yeah, it's a genre matchup, which yes. is very appropriate for Buffy fans, I think. Yeah. Fans of Buffy would, I think, really dig this arc in particular of Jane's World. Yeah, if it's like I didn't, for people who aren't Buffy fans, I didn't really spell it out, but I think people who like Buffy got all the inside jokes about evil. There was all these references to Evil Willow and how, you know. Yeah, and it was your character Dorothy who became evil. Yes. Dorothy, who's really sweet and owns a coffee shop, becomes, yeah, this evil dominatrix in a leather outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend this comic. Uh, I think people will enjoy it. You should go to uh, gocomics.com slash janesworld. Uh, oh, speaking of that, where else can people find you and your work? Uh, well, my website is... PB9, like Paige Braddock initials, pb9.com. And that has links to kind of everything, sketches and blog and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. That's the central hub. That's the hub. That's the Jane hub. Yeah. Cool. All right. Will you come back for another episode, for a future episode? I would love to. There's actually one episode coming up that I really am hoping you will ask me to be (laughs) be here for. yeah, and I won't give any spoilers. All right, and maybe uh, next time we, you can be on for the full episode instead of just an interview. Yeah, sorry about that. It was like bad court time coordination on my part. I have to fly to the metropolis of Houston. so The great city of Houston. Yes. All right, uh, any parting words? Uh, I think my favorite evil uh, Willow line will do for a parting word. Bored now. I want to thank Paige uh, for recording that. Uh, and we're going to have her back on for a future episode or two. Uh, all right. Now we move on to questions. Um, well, Dennis, I love the question that you asked Paige in that interview about what would your, what would you wish for and how it would it turn against you is like an awesome question. So did you have an answer for, you know, how, how your world that you'd wish for would be inverted? 
Yeah, I was thinking about it like, well, work is the like life equivalent of high school. So it'd be like this new person at high school in work, like trying to prompt me to wish for something. So it would probably be something work related where I was like, oh, I wish our approval system was just better. And then she turned around and be like, granted. And then, like, <laughs> the approval system would be so good that we all get plugged into it and we just like become like cyborgs and we lose our soul to like approving. Whoa. Product. You went real Black Mirror with that shit. That's the... <laughs> Uh, who else has answers for, let's say you, you meet an Anya. I mean, I think not now, but in my life in the past, there's a, there's been a million like crushes I would have wished for that would have turned out badly. Mm-hmm. And Dennis, you probably know a little bit what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. okay. I think most of the crushes in my life that I like would have wished for are, are all now I realize would have been horrible alternate universes. <laughs> But you could get out of those. Now, this would be one where you, like, are trapped in the relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm also really bad at breaking up with people if I need to. So, like, I think um, they're probably I would be stuck in those relationships for way longer than necessary. Yeah. You're getting tattoos with their name on it. And you're like, yeah, on my forehead. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does this number mean? <laughs> Is that a seven of nine joke? It would become a reference. Uh, later, people would think it was a reference, but it wasn't. Yeah, really. You ahead of that curve, man. Uh, okay, Travis. sorry. That's enough for an audience of wow. no one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think our audience know. No one in our audience knows what you're talking about. I don't even know what he's talking about, audience. I'm with you, too. I guess my question is, is it, is it better to wish for something crazy big or like crazy small? Like, do you want your wish to be as specific as possible or do you should it be as broad as possible? Mm. What do you think that would have worse ramifications? I mean, or for me, that, it's like, what would, what's the wish that you would have wished for most recently that yeah. have, and how would it have gone? And it would be, so, it'd have to be like a wish you didn't think, oh, I really wish this is true. You'd just be like, it'd be great if this happened or something like that. Like, or maybe not. I don't know. So, so for mine, I would wish like for the grass to grow in my backyard because I seeded it for a, like a yard recently. And this is a stupid homeowner thing. And obviously in my, you know, alternate reality, the grass would have grown already, but of course it would never stop growing. Uh, and then I would have be plagued with either having to constantly work the field to, in order to, you know, like take the grass back down I can't yeah. imagine what other things would go wrong with that scenario. But just like, the grass doesn't stop growing. The Violence, grass, like, you know, it becomes like tendrils and whips you and stuff. You're like, I'm slave to my grass. Yeah, the grass starts growing into the house and grabbing me. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> or it becomes like a creep show. Like a little shop of horrors, two or three. It's like, the grass, like, yeah. I don't know. It's too personal. Next question. Uh, Mike, do you want to explain what a mascara episode is? Oh, sure. What does that mean? This is a variation on the same idea. It's basically like this episode is the episode where everybody wears mascara and becomes evil. Like Buffy even has mascara on. And it's like, I've worn mascara when I'm like a goth, you know? And like, it's, it's very easy, like costume wise to become the evil version of yourself. And so like, what evil stuff are you up to when you put on mascara? Uh, if if you can answer that again without being too personal, <laughs> <laughs> does someone want to go first? And maybe it's a tough one because, like, it is a tough one. Yeah, 
Because, like, oh, yeah, I just do general evil stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty good at evil. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like how Dennis just lives in a house full of, like, masks. <laughs> I yeah, maybe it. this is an easier question to answer about someone else than about yourself. Okay. So what... So maybe we, what would uh what would I do when I put my evil mascara mask be on do? Uh, what would evil Mike do? Um, become a lawyer. Yeah, evil Mike's a lawyer. Evil Mike is a lawyer. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> uh, evil Travis uh, buys the apartment complex he's in and has everyone evicted. <laughs> <laughs> shaking his head <laughs> maybe maybe the better question is what's a what's a fun episode of television where they, they have the evil episode like there's an evil characters right like uh what's your favorite mascara episode of a different television series that's cool the um the mirror mirror uh universe in star trek is great and they go really good places with it in deep space nine yeah. i do really like uh i really like evil kira a lot with her sexy pants she's real i mean evil versions of characters is a thing that i like yeah uh evil willow evil kira yeah that works <laughs> that'll do all right yeah, i agree with john there um, do you, would you uh um would you want to watch more episodes in this time of this like if Buffy was the way it was up until this episode, and for some yeah. reason they were able to keep making it in this weird evil timeline, would you think that's a better or... I mean, it'd be hard to be as emotionally invested in a show where everybody is dead. Yeah. No, I, I mean like that's a thing also like a more modern show would do where they would actually spend like a full season or like a half season yeah. Yeah. in the alt world. Uh, and I'm happy for it to be a one-off. Like, Yeah, me too. I don't think I really want to watch Evil Willow for much longer than this, really. But well, yeah. I have a question later where it's like, who's your favorite Willow? Is it real life? Is it the original Willow or alternate universe Willow or Xander or blah 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 blah? Like, I actually kind of really enjoy Evil Willow because she's such a pushover in like the real quote the the normal Buffy storyline. Like Evil Willow to me, it's great. She's no pushover. Like I actually prefer Evil Willow like to a large degree to the Good Willow. Yeah, we actually talk about Evil Willow uh, right. a good amount with the Paige interview, okay. uh, which you guys yeah. just listened to. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm just saying what I like. I'm just yeah. not, I, I'm not Paige, so anyways. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. Um, I already asked that question. Uh, uh, Travis, you say Anya seems like a real, uh, or, uh, seems really like a normal uh, girl slash demon. Yeah, I mean, uh, she seems like she knows how the world works. And I don't know, she seems like pretty put together. And I just, I, you know, that's all I'm saying, I guess. Like she seems, she, she doesn't seem confused about things. Like she knows like, yeah, Harmony's vapid, vapid person. And this person did you wrong. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like that person is like, moving through society and knows exactly what's going on and is not confused by any societal uh, 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 um, customs. 
Well, we've only seen her in high school. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, see, yeah, she blends, has... in, she blends in really well. Like, I had no idea she was going to turn into a monster. It's a good surprise. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, you ask, where is Darla? Um, and yeah, you have, to, you have to explain where you think she is from. Yeah. Does anyone else have any other theories? Or I like your theory a lot. I think it makes yeah. sense. Cool. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, Travis, you say, who from the... Uh, Buffy group has had their blood drank by a vampire. Uh, didn't Buffy get drank by the master, right? Yeah. Yep. We got Cordelia in this episode. Or yep. no, yeah, Cordelia in this episode. Am I missing people so far? Anyone else? I mean, I guess presumably Xander and Willow at some point. At some point. We never saw it on screen, but yeah. Yeah. So that's almost everyone except Giles and Oz. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I ask, who is tougher, Alt Buffy or regular Buffy? Obviously, Alt. regular Buffy doesn't die every episode. So <laughs> uh, Buffy has died. Well, Buffy has died in one episode out of uh, however many. And Alt Buffy has died in one out of one. So uh, Buff, Alt Buffy dies 100% of the time <laughs> from this sample set. Wow. Yeah, uh, Alt I didn't Buffy at this time has a, scar in, has a scar on her face and is not doing so well. Yeah, I agree, actually. I was going to go into thing of, like, we th- we're led to believe Alt Buffy is tougher, but, like, the whole thing is really that she's, like, she's not. That, like, she right. dies at the Master's hands permanently versus, like, the Buffy who survives her death at the Master's hands. Um, and that really she, like, as hardcore as Cleveland is, she hasn't faced the shit she would face in some right. video. Right. Um, but she's faced it alone, and that's what's made her. Do death. you think? Here's a here's a question. Do you think Joyce is still alive? Because I think would would Alt Buffy have the attitude that she has if she still had a mother? I feel like Ooh. the thing about I think Joyce died. I think that's what happened. With I think Alt she Buffy. might have just been a teen runaway. Joyce yeah. is still alive and saved. Okay, but she doesn't also, have Joyce in her life. I feel yeah. like is that's possible. Yeah, that she's still alive. This reminds me of a question I forgot to write, which is like. How quickly does Buffy get to from Cleveland to Sunnydale? Because there's this big thing of like the watcher doesn't really contact her anymore and stuff. But then like the next morning or the next night, she she's just there. So I mean it's like a seven hour flight, right? It's like Yeah. I guess it's not that weird if there was a day there was a day switch. So yeah, never mind. Not that weird. All right. Uh wanna go into themes and deep stuff? All right, John. You're the first one. Uh, yeah, I okay. So I want to talk about the scope of the Buffy verse because one of the things that, upon this particular watching of Buffy, that is striking me is the degree to which any of this is regional versus worldwide. Like, on what level is the stuff that happens in Sunnydale? And I feel like the Wish verse kind of uh, lets us know that the stuff that happens in Sunnydale is. It's big, but it's not the biggest time, right? So, like, when, uh, when Alt-Universe Giles calls up Cleveland and is, like, cussing out the Watcher in Cleveland, uh, first of all, he uses the indefinite article to, reveal, to refer to the Hellmouth. He's like, it's a, we have a Hellmouth, which suggests oh, that there's more than wow. one Hellmouth, right? Okay. Uh, that they sent, they, they didn't automatically send the Slayer to the Hellmouth, which I guess we kind of already know knew that because other Slayers didn't necessarily all live in Sunnydale, 
right? Uh, he refers yeah. to the master as like the vampire overlord in this area, <laughs> right? So like the vampires, the, the master's like this mad, badass vampire, but only around here. Uh, but if he had opened the Hellmouth, that would have been the whole world. Right? right, but that leads me to believe that there are always impending apocalypses Suddenly happening I find myself in be, lots of places. The plural for apocalypse. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I think that the deal is, yes, there's only one Slayer, and yes, Slayers help keep vampires at bay, but only kind, like only a bit. Yeah, because, obviously, like, if, like there's so many vampires in this world, a Slayer can't like statistically do that much shit. And so, and, and so pardon me for skipping to my other thing here, but like, I think that the thing I'm learning here is that like the alternate universe is really not that much worse than the regular universe. It's only worse for our characters, right? So like if Buffy was in Cleveland, she's still saving lives. It's just lives she's saving in Cleveland instead of in Sunnydale. Like Sunnydale sucks because she's not there, but presumably there's people living in Cleveland who are way better off <laughs> because Buffy's there saving lives, right? Yeah, so are you saying like Cleveland is like in I'm saying the Buffy I'm saying place. yes. Cleveland is hell right now. Cleveland right. is awful because there's nobody there. Nobody there is nobody's there taking care of Yeah, shit. but she doesn't she doesn't have a watcher. She doesn't have the training. She has a watcher. He Giles talks to him on the phone. He seems like a really checked out watcher. I, I will I will accept that um that Buffy is more productive like she's more effective in the regular universe because she has friends, she has a good watcher, she has a good support system. But that's only marginal. I feel like I don't know. Buff, if I, I, I don't like, know if I really dig the like. Let's look objectively at the numbers about deaths and stuff, because that's the kind of reasoning that's like, well, Pearl Harbor needed to happen, or you well, know, okay, fascist really, math, sure. But yeah. like, um, I'm just saying that this, if if you look at it from the point of view of our characters, obviously the regular universe is better, right? But there's probably a point of view out there somewhere that would favor. Yeah the wish universe um Maybe and also, also it's not like, like it's not like in the regular universe that sunnydale is a great place to live like they practically need the monthly memorials already there's already kids dying at the high school every other week <laughs> that's true there's still a lot of deaths it's not like buffy saves everybody she doesn't i mean that's generally true of all these alternate universes right it's like it's bad for all the characters you follow. It's probably okay for a lot of other people <laughs> stepped on by those characters. I don't know. No. I think the mirror universe in Star yes. Trek is a lot worse. The mirror mirror universe in Star Trek is objectively worse. It's got, uh, especially in DS9, it's got the really large Klingon bird of prey. Yeah. <laughs> and like all of humanity is enslaved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds worse. <laughs> Your community has been enslaved by vampires. Sunny, Sunnydale sounds like a terrible place. But uh, Cleveland might be better off. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland's got more people than Sunnydale. Uh, Cleveland, yeah, exactly. Cleveland has more people than Sunnydale, exactly. Uh, I say uh, theme, not as much deep stuff, but just a theme throughout the episode. Uh, apes, together, stronger as Caesar would put it uh, in the new Planet of the Apes. Just that every character is stronger with their friendships intact, not um, alone out there doing it for themselves. Yeah, I agree. Is that That's the difference between regular Buffy and alternate universe Buffy. Yeah. That she has a support system. It's important to have support systems. You heard it here from Buffy Virgin. Do you think that the episode views Cordelia negatively after making the wish? 
Like, does it pass judgment on her making a wish? Well, if she wished for a long, healthy life, I hope she got her money back. That's like a. I mean, I think I don't think it judges her negatively. I think this is a like. I think it's this. This episode is basically it's a wonderful life. That's a throwaway. Yeah. 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 And I think this episode is so on Cordy's side, and then it's like I don't know. It's just there to this story is there to fuck with you. It's not there to like pass a moral judgment about Cordy, right? My, I, I wish so badly that, that Cordelia would remember this uh, episode um, because like she totally does have that realization, but she has no memory of her realization. So, um, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it judges her harshly, I guess, you know, she just, she makes a wish. She's a 18 year old going on 28 year old. <laughs> um, and so she makes a wish, you know, who knows? She, I mean, she, sh- she should have known, of course, it was going to have magical side effects in, in, in Sunnydale, but yeah, I don't think it judges her harshly. Which is nice. Uh, so, Trev, uh, you say a big question here. So, um, we don't have to talk about the, the alternate universe one, but um, I think I oh. made my, my feelings clear. Like, I think I like alternate universe evil. I like Evil Willow. I kind of like Evil Xander because Xander already is evil. At least make him properly evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like alternate universe Oz. He's very cool. Although I like werewolf Oz too. So that one's a toss up for me. Um, alternate universe Giles is kind of sad. So I'm not like, you know, it's- regular Giles is sad though. <laughs> oh man. Miss calendar, Miss calendar probably never came. She's probably living her life somewhere. Um, or she just got eaten immediately. I mean, maybe, we don't know. You know she goes <laughs> in, Sunnydale. and she's like, wow, Angel's straight up being tortured. So I don't think I have to like yeah, do that part of my job. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I, I love alternate Buffy because she's like, she's so disillusioned. She's like, what is it? Some sort of come on. Like when she's talking to guys, to Angel and stuff. It's like, that's why I like her in this one. Because it's like, you can tell that she's not going to, for some, I don't know what bad things happened in that version of Buffy's life, but like she that is makes so, her spit on her boots. She's like so insanely cynical. It's it's totally refreshing and like just doesn't like you know. That's why I love that version of Buffy actually in a lot of ways because um, she just totally calls out all that like uh, when like the angel's weird thing with her. Like he knows her. She calls out immediately as something totally weird. <laughs> and I'm like yes, good job, but. I don't know if you guys particularly liked um, the regular version or alternate version. Yeah, I like, these characters. You know, I like Alt Willow. Uh, Mike, what'd you think? I mean, I, I think I think we've all talked about enjoying Dark Willow because it's such a departure. Yeah. You know, the, I don't think any other characters are as striking in terms of how different they are. I think Dark Willow's stand out. Everyone else is kind of a weird shade of themselves. Mm. Like. I do like that the alt Willow calls out the weirdness with Angel a lot, but I'm not particularly impressed with alt Will, alt Buffy. She doesn't seem like she's got her act together. <laughs> Everything seems like one new crazy thing after another. Like, here we go, another one of these. Yeah, I like that uh, alt Buffy, like... Like the big thing in this show is like people strategize and they figure out how to kill a demon and stuff. And she's like, I just stab things. Like, <laughs> she, she's kind of like Lord of the Flies, Buffy. Like, like, like she she's the Buffy you get if you if there was a real life Lord of the Flies and Buffy was in there. She just basically survived. She didn't really have like the culture and the learning or anything of that. It's like she has the power and she has the blade and and the, and the stake. <laughs> I was kind of wondering how many of Alt Buffy's lines you could have given to Faith and how would they work? I feel like yeah. they're very similar. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, I think, well, Travis, your next question is, should we be worried that Faith is not in this episode? She gets mentioned, but I think the the thing with Alt Buffy is she is very Faith, right? Because yeah. they're like, we're worried, like Buffy's like, I'm worried about Faith that she's alone, alone too much. Slaying is a rough gig. You got to have friends. Right? Yeah. Like this is, yeah. That like, is the, you're right. That's the theme of the episode. Absolutely. Uh, funny. Keep you grounded. Keeps you better than you would be. Funny, dumb question. So when Giles talks about why the amulet would be interesting or investigated, one of the things he says is that, you know, Xander and Willow, or, you know, he's the, the master sent some of his best men after Cordelia. Can that really be the case? Are Xander and Willow really the best? Yeah. I feel uh, like Giles not... calls them like the top assassins, right? <laughs> Something. Yeah. That's hard to believe. They're on the stage. That's a I... bit hard to believe. I think it's yeah. Well, I think it's the thing of like well, Lucas when you become a vampire and like your character gets flipped, turned upside down. Um, so is that wait? Is like, it true then that like the more of a schmuck you are in real life, that the the bigger more, a badass you'll be not, as a vampire? I think it's a small pond. You're okay with being a schmuck, but it's okay. Like, so awesome. Jonathan does not make a good vampire. Yeah, no, he he would be. Here's the thing: is like there is we know there's nerdy vampires, right? Because there was that vampire in season two who is all into the book learning, right? Right. But Willow did not become a smart vampire, right? Right. Like I think it's all about like the hostility you feel about your existence. Like that's why Jesse made a good vampire. That's why like we're gonna turn this guy. Yeah, and Jesse basically became what Xander is, also. Right. They're really like because they were basically the same character. Right. Can only have one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What do you think happened to Jesse in the alt universe? I bet they all. I what Mike just said. I bet Xander staked him because they're like we're the same character. The master only (laughs) one of us. Right, the only one. Yeah, Xander staked him while he was in his coffin because he just wanted to, you know, get one up on him and maybe spend more time with Willow. Yeah. Oh man, speaking of there can only be one. Has Clancy Brown ever become a vampire? In anything, he'd be a great vampire. He's uh in the first um, Highlander. Oh, okay. He's the main villain. He's oh. great actor. I don't know if he's ever been a vampire though. Anyway, that was an off-topic thing. Um, that's it for themes and deep stuff. Uh, why don't we move to? I think yeah. Why don't we move to the part of this episode I'm really excited about, which me too is predictions. Uh, Yay, predictions. We, we talked about predictions last week, but we didn't officially do anything. John, right. So, so we have some to stuff to go through. Uh, Great. Why don't you take control now? And- All right. So, Mike, you are currently at a 68.5, which we would round off to a 69, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about, because we did miss last episode doing a, uh, predictions officially. We're going to talk about um, the last episode, Lover's Walk, first. Okay. Yeah. So in season two, episode 15, Mike predicted, let's just say Oz's werewolf powers are going to come in handy. Now that would be confirmed, except that it's already confirmed. It was confirmed in season three, episode four in, um, in Beauty and the Beasts. So we already confirmed that one. See, that's why we need you. I was excited about that confirmation. Uh, we, have another prediction where Mike uh, in the uh, in the same episode Mike predicted that Oz is going to save Willow as a werewolf. Now in Lover's Walk, he saves Willow with werewolf powers, but he has not transformed. I say so no. I say no too. We're gonna leave that one open. 
but that's a close call, right? And Travis is uh, is off right now. The one person might defend. <laughs> Uh, now, season two, episode 17, Mike predicts, we will see the magic shop with the gypsy again in season three. So, is this the same magic shop yes. that we see in Lover's Walk? It's the same magic shop. Yeah. The interior is a little different. It's yeah. expanded, but it's the same shop. Now, Mike's, again, and, you know, I've there's been an accusation in the last episode, Dennis, that you and I are, are sort of like a monkey's paw that uh, we're going to find a way to turn it on him. Um, we will see that the, the the letter of the law here says we will see the magic shop with the gypsy. The again. gypsy died that episode. The gypsy, exactly. I kind of feel like I want to give this to Mike. Yes. Because it's the magic shop that is, no, that just, is with the gypsy. This magic shop is like a recurring place. You know, right. It is shows. the magic shop that is with the gypsy. Not necessarily that we will see the gypsy again. That's how I'm reading that. Can we give him that one? Do you think, yes. Dennis? We, yeah. I'm going to give him that one. Okay. All right. It's important so to establish that the magic shop is like now a place that could recur. Okay, so that's confirmed. Uh, let's see. Okay, Mike predicted Spike is gonna come back to Buffy's house again. It's a, going to be a thing, he said, since he's been invited. That is uh, definitely confirmed. That definitely happened in Lover's Walk. This one I think is interesting, and I, I this one's, probably we could leave it open, but I kinda wanna give this one to Mike. Uh, Mike predicted in season two, episode 22, that Drusilla isn't going to forgive Spike for preventing her from destroying the world with Angel. So she may forgive him later, but I feel like the fact that they're broken up when we see them in Lover's Walk, I kind of want to give that one to Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, but then we got to maybe open up a new prediction about it or something. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, moving on. Season three, episode six, Mike predicted that the Oz-Willow relationship will break up in season three. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that's confirmed. They do break up in season three. Anybody want to object? This is not a real breakup. No. Well, clearly given the episode we just saw, they're broken up. So. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Okay. So those are the ones from Lover's Walk. Those are all confirmations. So after Lover's Walk, Mike went from a 69 to a 70.6, which would round off to a 71. Wow. There must be so many outstanding predictions to only go up a percent and a half. Wow. <laughs> yes, it, it's true. There are a lot of outstanding predictions. Um, and help it show demands predictions. So let's talk. Oh, and I'm sorry. I forgot the most important one from Lovers. Mike predicted no funerals. <laughs> so Mike it's predicted. A, I just want to point this out. Such a joke funeral, too. <laughs> So that in season one, episode three, Mike predicted that there will be no season, no funerals in season one. He got that one. That one was confirmed. There were no funerals in season one. In the very next episode, Mike predicted that there will be no funerals ever. <laughs> that is not true. There was a funeral. Although I really feel bad about denying this one. No, this is great. This is the nature of the show. This is like yeah. This show put in a joke funeral just to fuck with Mike. I think so. I like because the spirit of his prediction that we will not mourn the death of characters in this like in the way that is would seem Normal. to be requisite. Right. That the spirit of it is there, but technically, since he said and the 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 prediction says only no funerals. It's a two word prediction, <laughs> so that is denied. Well, well uh, they didn't have a funeral for Jesse, right? You know. So yeah. taking that into account, that brings Mike Deck down to a 69.4. Here's a question for you. 
69. He's back to 69. Sorry, what, Mike? <laughs> Here's a question for you then. If there's no funeral, who was the funeral for? Doesn't matter. Uh, we think it was uh, the magic shop owner. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It could have been, yeah. Anyway, just a question for you. Uh, prediction deniers. <laughs> well, what is, what is your point? That it wasn't a funeral? That they were burying an empty casket for fun? What's your point? <laughs> it's, like, it's more like a background. It's like we didn't attend a funeral. It's just in the background. Like... If you had predicted because, no foreground funerals, you'd be because it wasn't obviously in the clear. <laughs> no, I mean, no, because like the because the this funeral, we don't know it's for anything, but it is That's in the true. foreground. It pulls to a background shot, but it starts as did, uh, as did John funeral. award Mike a point for the uh, relationship of, um, ending between Buffy and Z- Angel and Willow and Xander. On the same episode, you didn't. You didn't know. Oh no! Were well, that that that? Yeah, no. That's that's in your I, dreams. No, my alternate reality. I'm trying to. I'm trying, I'm on your side, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for bringing they that. They didn't up happen in the same episode. They were not because because because. And the reason why the real reason why um, is because uh, the real reason why is because Mike said they will be revealed, and the word revealed definitely implies revealed to the audience. It doesn't. I um. If you're talking about, are you saying Angel Buffy or? Yeah, and Lovers. I wasn't predicting Angel Buffy. I was predicting Willow, Oz, and uh, okay, and Cordelia Xander. Willow slash Xander and Buffy slash Angel will be revealed in the same episode. Oh yeah, that that definitely did not happen. I was also predicting like that Buffy Buffy's lie would get revealed around the same time too. It was one. Uh, all right, move on, move on. Sorry. All right. So, okay. So we're, now we're going to talk about predictions that were handled in uh, season three, episode nine, uh, The Wish. So Mike predicted, I think astutely, that the Buffy gang will visit a bizarro universe. So yeah. that is I'm so excited uh, that <laughs> clearly confirmed. Not only that, but like uh, Cordelia calls it bizarro. Like she uses the word bizarro. So I feel like I almost want to give Mike an extra point for that, but that's just not how this works. Um, <laughs> Good job, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I'm delighted to hear that they went to a bizarro universe. I was scared that they were going to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. We also have uh, this one is interesting, and it's it's not one I can confirm or deny. Mike predicted in season two, episode 15, that Larry was going to get murdered. And I had to like go back and watch it to make sure that he didn't. But I Larry know. does not get murdered. I did he the really same should, thing. but he does I did the same thing because I remembered that <laughs> prediction. Because the last we see is him and Oz murdering Willow. Uh, we don't see him die. <laughs> it's a close, buddy. Close. Yeah, that one's close, but uh, that one stays open. Um, let's see. There's another one here. Oh, okay. Okay, no. And there's only one left is uh, my very favorite prediction that you've ever made, Mike. <laughs> I'm so excited that you made this prediction. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm so happy you made this. Uh, Mike predicted in season good. two, episode 20, and I quote, there will be no Willow dominatrix scenes. <laughs> It's such a specific <laughs> prediction, and it's so wrong. 
<laughs> why did this even get predicted? I can't even remember why. I, so you got predicted because she interrogated Jonathan about peeing in the pool. Yeah. But it's like, it's so specific. Like, like that is not a dominatrix scene, but Mike randomly well, extrapolates no, from that. There will it be was, no Willow dominatrix scenes, which is so specific. It was because the show was showing this different side of her character taking pleasure in the pain of someone else. And she was saying, oh, I'm good at this. But I, my thought was that this is clearly a joke. The show is not going to turn her into a dominatrix. There and I think, no- I honestly think this is one of those things, maybe John or I led you into this. Because <laughs> we were like, that's really interesting. They're bringing up Will being a dominatrix this early on, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I know, you'd have to re-listen. I bet. Uh, anyway, I'm extremely pleased. Uh, uh, when you predicted yeah. that, Mike, I could not hold my shit. I really tried to keep a straight face. I think I did a pretty good job. There will be no Willow dominatrix scenes. Yeah. It's almost like the writers of the show traveled through time and wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> it does feel like that a little bit. With the, the whole scene with Angel, the completely unnecessary torture of angels <laughs> that are only there to fuck with this prediction. Yes. Yeah. I just want to watch you. <laughs> I'm so happy. Anyway, that's predictions. I'm sorry. Your current, um, you are now at a 68.85. So you're right back at 69 where you started. Well, great what a journey we went through. Yeah, just like the wish, just reset factory. Reset. <laughs> so it's a D plus. You're at a D plus. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Want to move to kill counts? Oh, I can't make more predictions? Oh, sorry. Jeez. Yeah. No. Yeah, new predictions. Uh, yeah, do it. Okay. No more wish monsters. This is the last one of these. Okay, no more wish monsters. Can you be like a little more specific? Like, oh, sorry. Like, like, will you see a wish monster, but they won't go through with it? Will you Okay. Like, another wish episode? You're right. It's such a popular thing. I should change that one. Thank you, Travis, because... Wish fulfillment is such a popular theme for this show. Uh, so I do need to be more specific. There will be no more, there will be no more visits to this Bizarro universe. This is the first and last and only Bizarro universe episode. This specific, there could be a different Bizarro universe, but this one. No, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They will not visit another, like a Bizarro Buffy universe. Is this different from your first prediction, the wish monster prediction? Yeah. Yeah, there's not going to be any other wish monsters. And a wish monster is defined as a monster that grants the wish that you didn't know you were making. Okay. I mean, there will be people that are like, man, I wish I could do this. Like, well, let's figure this out. I mean, like, like I wish a, I wish a, I was a little bit taller. A vengeance demon or a, a, de- a trickster demon that sets you up for a terrible wish world but i mean i don't know no if that's more a good... monsters so here's what i've got i've got no <laughs> more, more visits you're gonna lose that one <laughs> no more visits to a bizarro universe you know what let me be specific no more anya okay okay no more anya monster whatever that one is because wish fulfillment is too popular in horror for it not to happen again mm-hmm. you know because it's like oh xander wishes that the girls liked him oh, i'll do a love potion that's wish fulfillment right okay so wait, I've, I've got, right now I have three predictions and I'm going to read them to you and tell me if you're okay with them yeah, or if yeah. you want to reword them, okay? Yeah. All right, I've got no more visits to a Bizarro universe. No more visits to this Bizarro universe. This is a, let me be specific, okay. to this Bizarro universe with Dark Willow and 
the master running the bronze. This was the, they were not going back there. Okay, so I'm going to write it here is no more visits to the Bizarro universe from the wish. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. All right. And then I've got no more monsters who grant wishes you didn't know you were making. Yes. Okay. And then I have no more Anya. Yes. Okay. Got it. All right. Angel will be tortured again. <laughs> seems seems not by but not by Willow. Okay. While the characters will not make a reference to this episode happening, the show will make a reference to this episode happening. Interesting. Okay. Like they're going to make an unknowing reference to it that will be for us as an audience, but right. not for the characters. I get that. Yeah. Like. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe it's Willow looking at a Dom outfit and being like, hmm, not really my style, but maybe it is. Okay. Okay. Got it. No more Master episodes. The Master is not coming back ever again. This was a fun one-off to have the Master back. That's it. No okay. more Master. I would have predicted no more Master after they destroyed his bones, but clearly I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Make, make a prediction involving faith. Uh, <laughs> faith wasn't in this episode. That's my point. It's it's the most it's it's the one you want to make the most prediction about. It's the one you know the least about. Uh, I want to predict about the Cthulhu-looking demon in the beginning. That Cthulhu demon is a, is a sadly a one-off. We're not getting that guy back. <laughs> There are no more Cthulhu demons that look like that one from The Wish. That specific Cthulhu demon. That specific Cthulhu demon not coming back. Okay. And then I should make one about faith at Travis's request here. It doesn't have to be a forever like thing. It can be a, a, a thing that you might see get fulfilled in two episodes. Like, it doesn't have to be a never come back. Or well, I don't know what's up with faith. I mean, she's just been doing her own thing. So it's hard to predict what she'll do. Okay. Um, makes it makes makes it an exciting prediction. Oh, so I gotta think about it. Okay. I don't have any. I don't have anything on faith right now. Get, All right, think up something. Nothing think. you can take on faith. Uh, Faith is going to have some wild story for where she's been where we haven't seen her. And it could be like, oh man, I've been out doing this guy, fighting this dude. I mean, just like she'll have a funny story for where she's been. But she will tell a story. People are going to ask, where have you been? That's all. That's a very specific and strange. Next time we see Faith, we got to know, hey, where have you been? It's been long enough. Okay. All right, that's all so, my predictions, unless John wants to do the dice roll, but otherwise, I think. No, that's, we don't need to do that anymore. Cool. Uh, Faith will give a wild story to explain where she has been in the last two episodes. Yeah. You can approve that wording? Okay. And the Cthulhu demon from The Wish will not reappear. Yes. You approve that wording? Uh-huh. And do okay. I have any outstanding predictions about Spike? Because I feel like I should make a new one now that he's, because I know he's going to come back again this season. Oh, yeah, okay. you should make uh, predictions from last episode, right? I have the ones that you made in the podcast already written oh, okay. down here. Oh, I have, awesome. Uh, Oz's powers of smell will come in handy again. You said that, yes? Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, we should get your approval on the wording here since we're going to you. hold your feet to the fire on it. Uh, Xander and Cordelia will not get back together in a romantic and uh, sorry, Xander and Cordelia will not get back together in a romantic relationship except in a dream slash fantasy. Uh, or magic. Like, right? I should say or magic. Like, hold on a second. I have. Hold on a second. I have. I need to read it carefully. Xander and Cordelia will not get back together in a romantic relationship except in a dream slash fantasy slash drug slash nightmare on Elm Street situation. That's what you said in the podcast. Thank you. You happy with that? Yep. Okay. Spike will not get back together with Drusilla. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those are all the ones from season eight or from episode eight of season three. Cool. Uh, Spike is going to return in season three without Drusilla. Okay. And we're going to count that as a one that you predicted in episode eight. Okay. So Spike will not get back together with Drusilla. Yes, I have that one. Mm -hmm. But he's going to return again to season three. Oh, Spike will return in season three. Yeah, he's going to come back. And he's going to be helpful because I've already seen the mayor doesn't like him. Wait, is that a separate one? Okay, it's two. Spike will return. Okay. It's going to be good Spike on Buffy and the gang side. Ooh. In season three. In season three. Spike will... Help me out. Assist Buffy. Okay. On a mission of some kind, fighting whatever forces are out there. He already owes her and gave her nothing for helping out with that last fight. Spike he, will assist Buffy on a mission of some kind. Yeah, and not just, a, it may be self-serving to Spike. It may be that their mutual interests collide, you know? But like, right. So I'm not adding any words there. Spike will assist Buffy on a mission of some kind. Yes. Okay. Right. He hasn't joined the side of the angels. Spike will return in season three. Spike will assist Buffy on a mission of some kind. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. And Angel's going to start a detective agency in Los Angeles. Dennis <laughs> <laughs> is right. We need to come up with a policy about how we're going to handle predictions that you know may or may not be addressed in the sh- in Buffy, but are addressed in Angel, or for that matter, in the comics. Gosh, yeah, that's a good point. I think I mean, the all easy universe. solution to this is we just do podcasts about all of those things. Yeah, just do all of them. Duh. <laughs> Fly off into the night. <laughs> all right, that's it. Thank you. Kills. Okay, kills. Um, I counted 15 dead humans this episode, and so I was counting humans that either died on screen or whose bodies we saw but I wasn't counting like the fact that like probably a third of the population has been wiped out. Cause I couldn't do the math on that. Cause I don't know. I don't know those numbers. Um, so it's 15 dead humans, um, 11 dead vampires, uh, and one dead demon. So maybe our highest kill count ever. Uh, it was certainly a lot, especially most, most of those were in the last like three minutes of show. Um, all right. Uh, you want to move on to uh, recommendations? All right. Uh, I recommend um, The Last Man on Earth, the Vincent oh, Price movie. Yeah. Because uh, that seems to be like the life that everybody in Sunnydale is basically living, is doing what you can during the day to get ready for night. Um, I also recommend uh, the 1972 British Tales from the Crypt. Because uh, that's got a, um, it's not a monkey's paw. I think it's like a Chinese something or other, but it's got a, a wish story. Um, and then um, 
So here's the thing is I like the Wishmaster seems like an obvious thing. I've never actually watched all of an episode, all of one of the Witch Wishmasters. I know there's like three of them, um, but that's just not a series I've gotten into, so I can't really recommend it. Uh, but we said um, uh, Daybreakers, Daybreakers, uh, another how vampires live in a like a world where they're out and they can just like eat shit. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but it is really fun. It's got Sam Neill. It's got Sam ne- Evil Sam ne- Any movie with evil Sam Neill is automatically good. That is true. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen The Possession or what is it? Omen 3. Oh, I was thinking of uh, uh, um, in the Event Horizon. Oh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon this- or In the Mouth of Madness. Those Look are both all great. all this good evil Sam But Neil. evil Sam Neill. I guess he turns out to be evil in Mouth of Madness or whatever. Yeah, it's more yeah. of a, yeah, he turns out to be in the end, but uh he gets real evil in event horizon and event horizon is awesome yeah uh event horizon is a movie that we all watched in high school and it's scary (laughs) event horizon like there's a there's a very short list of movies that like legitimately frightened me like gave me the emotional experience of fear and event horizon and in the mouth of madness are both on that list (laughs) what what is it about event horizon that works so well i'm just curious it's the sound design and there's the also the like you get this like video clip that is like a staticky six seconds of hell and you see just enough and it's it works really well it probably wouldn't work on me now but it worked really well on me when i was like 18. but also the sound design is really really good all right got him all right cool uh all right uh that's it that is it for this episode uh, i want to thank everybody for coming and i want to thank Paige. uh you can see her comics at i think it's pagebraddock.wordpress um and you can see gocomics.com slash james world you can follow uh buffy on twitter at buffy virgin pod you can f- visit our website buffyvirgin.com we're on youtube we're on facebook um we're on instagram at buffy virgin uh, you can follow me at Twitter, Twitter at Dennis Comics. My website is Dennis Comics. Uh, and you can buy my comic um, on Amazon, The Land of Many Monsters and Many More Monster Tales. Does anyone else have anything to promote? No. All right. So that's it. We'll see you for our Christmas episode next week. Woo!